got a story for you. In the second hour of the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071, streaming live, doing everything entertainment at MyTalk1071.com. Colleen Lindstrom. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's me. Hey, hi. Hi. Um, hey, Colleen, did you see that piece on Sam Asgari in uh, GQ? Okay, so I saw there was a piece yeah. about Sam Asgari in GQ. Can, can I be honest? I'm yeah. glad you did the heavy lifting on this okay. because I have complicated Sam Asgari feelings. Ooh, and li- I just have decided not to run into that building. Okay, I I look forward to hearing about, and uh, I now have to put in my email on GQ because I've read this story so many dumb times, Mm. they're not letting me do this anymore, so hold on. Okay, because I just, oh gosh, now they want me to create an account. Are you kidding Uh, me right now? Here, just get, you know what you do? Can I give you a hot tip? Oh, open another browser. While we're in the moment, incognito. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna... That's how you get around those paywalls, y'all. I'm sorry I said it. It's true. Okay, um, I don't know how to do that on this browser, so I'm just Oh, just open up another browser. Okay. There you go. All right, thank you. Well, we'll figure that out at some point. Anyway, here's what I wanted to tell you. I did do the heavy lifting because Sam Asghari in this piece in GQ is working very hard to dispel any notion that he is on Britney's gravy train. And um, I want to tell you about it, but can we start... Does he think we're dumb? Go on. Sorry. Oh, wait, let me answer your question. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Yeah. Um, Holly, can we start? Well, I'm going to furiously work to get this article up so that I can read you the actual. Qu- oh, no, there it is. Never mind. <laughs> there you go. But you still, figured it out. Can we uh, read the blind item that you shared with us at the Ooh, beginning of the show okay, today? Hold on a second. Yeah, I'm no gonna, worries. I got to find this. Holly, I'm just going to let Holly or uh, let the audience know that Holly did the heavy lifting and found a blind, I- blind item that pretty much signs off on what I'm about to share with you based on this article, mm. this interview that he did in a GQ called The Easy Charm of Sam Asghari. Well, here's your blind item. The significant other of the permanent A-list singer, in quotation marks, has been accused of yelling at the singer as she didn't let him spend more on clothes and other things. So NT Lawyer calls total crap on his most recent article about only spending his own money. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. exactly what he does. And Colleen, I would just like to tell you that he is working very hard through this interview, which, by the way, there's nothing like if you have questions about this interview, please feel free to jump in. But there is nothing terribly surprising about it. It paints a portrait of who he is. Now, I will say you will learn something about his history, like um, his like when he came to this country. And sort of like what his career has been up until this point. So you get like the biographical stuff that maybe you didn't know. Um, But then you get a lot of conversation about his thoughts on uh, money and spending vis-a-vis his relationship with Britney. Which I think is his attempt to show the world I'm not taking money because what has been one of the criticisms or one of the like rumored, whispered, hush, hush uh, things about Sam Asghari from the very beginning. Okay, so a couple I have. So I have this. this, Now we get into my complicated Sam Asghari thoughts, which I mean, the first piece of it is I actually would. uh, I think I have heard his backstory a little bit. I do find it to be interesting. That to me is an article. But. When you are starting to like talk about like his the money situation, like that's none of my business. Yeah, 
that tells me there is something you want. There's a perception you want me to have. And I cannot tell you how often I feel like Sam Asgari is trying to give me an idea of the perception he wants me to have of him. And that's what I am fighting against tooth and nail. Listen to this. One can't help. Now, this is the writer. And you almost have to wonder. I mean, I give this writer props for a number of reasons, but you almost wonder if she was prompted into asking or framing some of this conversation. Listen to this. One can't help but be curious about their day-to-day lives. That is Britney Spears, Sam Asghari. Mm-hmm. Do you go grocery shopping? Do you do a lot of errands? Do you do pickup at school? He says, I'm not a house husband, but he goes on to say, I'm a normal person. So I do a lot of shopping because sometimes I require specific things when it comes to diet. Uh, he makes a point of saying he doesn't go to Erewhon, by the way, right? That's the fancy, like, bougie health food place oh so he wants to be a man of the people and specifically Mm -hmm. says he doesn't spend twenty dollars on a salad actually he says i don't want to spend two hundred dollars on something i can buy for 60 which is an Mm. interesting flex like i don't know that that's any better from a grocery store standpoint but what holly don't talk to bradley about twenty dollar salad because i that's what i eat every time you go to whole foods you can't help but get a twenty dollar salad anymore Mm. see that's the thing when you go to the salad bar you can't anticipate how much it's going to cost you but again, to, to go back to the thing that you just pointed out, Colleen, you almost feel like this is he's trying really hard. He goes on to say, I'm careful with money because I do want to build a future for my children. If you came to this country, you came with a purpose. You don't come here to goof around. And to that end, he talks about how he can like live on $16 a day. He can take care of himself. But he says, I tr- we travel a lot and I'm dating a girl that's very expensive. She has an expensive taste, but I do try to incorporate my lifestyle to her as well. And if it was up to me, we would cut down the traveling and stay at a much cheaper hotel. And we would probably live off like $60 a day. Oh, I can't. Nope. Now I'm actually mad. Like you're, th- that's, that's called Good, trying wait, hold too on. hard. Please go off. I'm sorry. I just like, do uh, again, does he think we're stupid? Like you, <sighs> First of all, I think it is disgusting to call Britney Spears expensive. She's not an item. Yeah. She's not something on a shelf that you're purchasing. She's a human being who has worked her actual ass off. To enjoy everything on, that she's spending money on, by the and way. And she is. And who hasn't been able to spend what? her own money for the last 14 years. All of that. I'm literally like, I, I the springs are like. Flames shooting at Flames the side of my face. Side of my face. Please continue to share but, your but, complicated Sam Asgari thoughts. So first of all, like, but then, but that just triggers this whole other thing about Sam Asgari that bothers me. The way that he talks about Britney as though she is a an item or a persona, but not a human being. Like my lioness. Oh, like there's this whole thing that I just can't get around. Like he doesn't refer to her as a human person her his nickname for her i'm reading now from this article in gq his nickname for her is lioness which he had engraved on the inside of the ring it came to me because i always figured the lion is lazy the male lion has always been the symbol of the king of the jungle but it's not true it's really the female and she's very strong and she's very independent and lioness was a beautiful name that just came to me out of nowhere so it's a kind of nickname but i don't call her that every day it was kind of like a symbol so he goes deep back into that, you know, that whole idea of her as a, um, you know, as a, as a, not a person as much as like yes, a, a symbol. symbol. 
Yes. Or like an item or like a, a fixed, I don't know, it, like a statue. It really bothers me. And then when he goes on to say, like, I'd be happy staying in a hojo. Don't lie to me. Don't lie. To me. Nobody is happier in a in a regular. When you have the <laughs> opportunity. Wait, what? what? I'm just I'm what I'm trying to say. I don't want to say nobody's happy in a hojo because that's like rude. But nobody is happy. Like if you have the opportunity to stay in a res- on that top floor of that Vegas um, hotel mm-hmm. resorts world, mm-hmm. if that is on the table, you're not like oh I'll just take the two doubles, you know, with the in room refrigerator. I'm you don't fine. do no no. You're not doing that. And nobody's that- doing that. So what so you're saying, I think, I was going to say, I'm so I think that. what you're saying is that that story is not true, and he is trying to right. paint a picture, which in the yes. rest of this article, it is clear, because there are so many actual questions. I will just say, go read the GQ piece, form your own thoughts and opinions. It's with Sam Asgari, but he, but at the end of the day, it's going to leave I you. I might need medication before I read <laughs> that, might. but go on. Please take your medication before reading this article, but when you do, just know he's not going to give you a lot that's real. Because there are a lot of actually very interesting questions I have for him. And if you listen to him talk about his history and his like, you know, um, like going through high school and everything, you're going to have a lot more questions that he just doesn't want to answer. He is painting a picture for you about what he thinks you want to hear from him as mm-hmm. the fiance of, of Britney Spears and an upcoming actor in Hollywood or what he perceives himself to be as a an upcoming actor in Hollywood. It seems very driven. And by the way, his manager makes an appearance in this article by not just him, but also his manager. Like, I think that this was this was intentional to paint an image of him, which no shame. And, and that's what every celebrity from does. Britney Spears, like, right? Like that, because yeah. I think that's what I also hear about him is that he's trying to separate himself from that relationship in a way so that he can be his own celebrity. Yeah, He's not just spending her money willy nilly. When we come back, I'm sorry, Colleen, I got to I, I no, cut I you off. Blood I got to cut co- you off. Cuff on. No, I'm fine. I'm over here. <laughs> because sorry. when you come back, uh, when we come back, you're going to take that cuff off and tell us all about Top Gun Maverick because you saw yes. it in the theater. And we haven't. So we'll get to that when we come back right here on my Talk 107.1. Well, somebody on this show finally saw Top Gun Maverick in the theater. Finally on the it Colleen and Bradley me. show. Yep, that voice you hear is Colleen Lindstrom, and she's going to tell us all about her thoughts, and she's also going to give us a review on a local theater experience. I'm very excited for this, because I haven't been to that theater since before the, you know... The thing. All of this. which shall not be named. So let's start with Top Gun Maverick, please, Uh, and thank you. As a a huge fan, I know you were, of the original, what are your thoughts on the sequel? Okay, so I, uh, I mean, I have like a few things that I need to to sort of like sort through. Okay, good. The first thing is this: the thing about Top Gun Maverick is what they do well is they hit on all of the nostalgic points that you want them to and you need them to. Okay. Without dwelling too much on the original movie, oh. so you're gonna get a couple flashbacks. You're gonna get some character throwbacks, meaning there is like a character. Character who's very similar to the character of Iceman, right? Got it. So, but it's not exactly the same. Um, you've got our friend Val Kilmer shows up. Yep. It is like heartwarming and amazing. Um, you have enough sort of new characters, new new themes 
but tied to the old themes. Okay, so like what I'm saying is you're going to get a nice big bucket of nostalgia with a brand new story. Got it. And that they do that super well and they do the effects well. And according to our friend Tom Cruise, in a moment before the movie, he does like a little like presentation. I almost took video of it for you guys. And then I thought, no, I don't want to be that person in a theater that's filming the film. But he there's like before the whole movie starts, you get just Tom Cruise. And he basically is like, we made this movie for you guys, the fans. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. But what he says that is interesting to me. Here's was, my commercial for Scientology. <laughs> yes. He's like, hold these cans. And then I did. And I so I'm just going <laughs> to. Those aren't cans. <laughs> But he said, what he said was, he's like, the G-forces are real. So it's that moment where you get from Tom Cruise, we did our own stunts, right? But but you could tell that this was not, this was, I mean, there was a lot, the effects were amazing. It was, the cinematography was what you would expect for Top Gun. Can I can All I right. just inter- interrupt briefly yeah. because I, I, I am uh, wrapped with attention at your rundown and uh, take on Top Gun Maverick. I was listening mm-hmm. to the most recent episode of uh, the Sway podcast, which was a recommendation from our own Holly mm. Roberts, by the way. And she spoke to, it's Kara Swisher, and she spoke to um, David Ellison, who is the CEO uh, of the company that made this movie or made this movie possible, Skydance. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he talked about how Tom Cruise was adamant that everyone on the set go through the flight training because they wanted to shoot those shots real and not, you know, like on camera in the moment. And so you're saying that it paid off. I'm not surprised. It super paid off. I mean, it was very realistic. So here's my like, okay, so that's like my big, you know, my overall review, right? Like, yes, it was like a moving experience. Nostalgia tickles everywhere. It's well done. It's so like cinematically. But it was a good news story too, you said? Totally a good news story. Okay. Now I'm going to take one step back and oh. I'm going to be human being. My husband has already seen it twice. Oh. And the the reason I think it meant so much to him is because he is a pilot. He, he watched it as a kid with his friends. And the story goes forward and now it's Maverick with his friend's kid. And now he's seeing it with friends and they have kids and there's oh, sort of like that sort of yeah. generational. Got it. So that's for him that is like super meaningful. Yeah, I can totally see that. I think he's not alone, right? That's probably one of the marks of this movie's success. As a woman, I don't have a reflection of that in this movie. And I'm, I know that we've like talked about this in the past, but it's true. Kelly McGillis, who is an older woman who looks like an older woman was not asked to be in this movie. Yeah. There is there is not like a female representation of that generation to generation oh, thing. Oh, that's interesting. And and I I found that lacking for me. Yeah. And also could say all of the rest of it was unbelievable and amazing. So you enjoyed it, but I, you had feelings about like you were having yeah. that conversation in your head while you watched it. Absolutely. I was like nobody in this movie looks like me. Nobody. I would have loved Nobody, if like, you just came on screen like halfway through. And now Colleen will do it a dance. <laughs> She's da, in the danger da, zone. Da, 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 da. She is taking the highway to the danger zone. Now, really quickly, because uh, I know we're going to run out of time. I We saw it at the Riverview Theater. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What South did you think of, of that? 
great guys, local theater. It, that it's it is like a it's like a trip back in time. It is so clean. And you will feel fancy. It's just fantastic. Go. Thank you so much, Colleen, for that up uh, that review of Top Gun Maverick. When we come back, we got D bags right here on my talk one oh seven one. Oh, celebrities, they're always behaving badly, or at least enough of them are behaving badly on a daily basis that we've created an entire segment around it. It's called Lord and Lady Debug. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Colleen, who is your bag of D today? I hate that I'm going to say this, but oh. I feel it. I feel it. Okay. The executives at Jeopardy. What? What? I love Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy. It's some that's of my like best your, friends are Jeopardy. I was going to say that's like your jam, your Jeopardy jam. It is. I do have a Jeopardy jam, but you guys, they did Lavar Burton so dirty over there. Take a look. And I do. It's, it's in not a book. in a book, but it should be. So okay, apparently he was a guest on In the Loop, and he talked very specifically about that experience of filling in as a Jeopardy host uh, when they were looking for a new permanent host after the death of Alec Trebek. Alex Trebek. Alec Trebek. Alex. Alex. Okay, why does this... I'm sorry. I knew it was Alex. The article in Yahoo News says Alec. It's Alex Trebek. Ooh, that's rude. Alex. Alex. Yes, with an X. Alex. Okay. But why did it? Why did we stumble on that? I don't know. Anyway. Well, because I was looking at it and it said Alec. Trebek, no, but when you said I it, thought, I, I was right? like, no, it's yeah. Alec. No, it's Alex. Okay. No, Alec. Listen, it's Alex. <laughs> whoever the copy editor at Yahoo News is, is also my D bag today. So anyway, okay, so so okay, Alex Trebek died so sad in 2020, and then they started to roll through all the candidates that they were gonna, you know, quote audition to take over that position. Ken Jennings. Mayim Bialik, Mike Richards, don't even get it me started. It got weirdly dramatic in a way that I was not comfortable with, but yeah. A hundred percent. But but remember, like LeVar Burton, and he says in this in this uh in this interview, he's like, like I was a huge Jeopardy fan. Like when it comes to dream job situation mm-hmm. for LeVar Burton, it was to host Jeopardy. Yeah. So he's on there, he's filling in, he's doing his thing, he's taking his turn. And, and the crowd, like the crowd being like, uh, you know, the public was like pushing for this, like wanted this for LeVar Burton. But LeVar Burton is like um, that the fix was already in. Like they didn't want me. So I'm there. That's weird. It's so strange. Yes. Okay, tell me more because I have thoughts and questions. Well, it's like he thinks he's there to audition. He thinks he's there in in like you know, in earnest to to try this role on and see if it's a good fit. But he said. Um, he said, in the fullness of time, everything will be revealed. Um, but he said, I just think in that first week of feeling just not even disappointed, but wrecked. I didn't expect that I would not be their choice for host. So he went in feeling like he's got this in the bag. Like which, people want him. He's so good. Which is interesting because that belies some understanding that other people thought that as well. Like you wouldn't just, I mean, you know. I hope that he believed that he was capable and was totally, you know, would have been a great choice. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, but his ego alone uh, doesn't seem to have been the only thing he was operating under the assumption of, right? No. Meaning, no, like, he absolutely. thought somebody must have been telling him, because you wouldn't just show up if you didn't think you had a chance. Right. And I think I that's the piece. Anyway. Can you imagine? And, uh, you know, this is the part that I feel for him is this 
the can you imagine what it would feel like to have been given the overture to come and do this thing and like always think that the carrot was something yeah. you could grab yeah and then get there and find out like actually no this is all just for show we already know where we're going with this well and that i don't hearing what lavar burton has to say that speaks to the possibility perhaps that there were some serious negotiations happening between his agent mm-hmm. and his people and the team over at sony and jeopardy they were trying to cross the t's and dot the lowercase j's but something happened well he does say mm-hmm. in the fullness of time as you said colleen everything will be revealed so i'm curious mm-hmm. what that means because that sounds like that's mm-hmm. that's that's a statement with not enough words in it well also remember you know how this went out in in i mean the first round the person that they named everybody already mm-hmm. had a, an assumption that that the fix was already in mm-hmm. right that that um mike richards well and that backfired well big time but but also so then also imagine how that feels for lavar burton to know that yeah. not only were you not being considered they already knew who it was going to be and the person who it was was super problematic and didn't even stick around long enough for him to get a second shot. I'm great, grateful that he's talking about this. Uh, was he talking mm-hmm. about this? What was the context of this interview? Was this the interview um, like just for Yahoo or was this like, no, a, this was um, for in the loop. Oh, in the loop. You is, said that you yeah. said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, um, is, I think a podcast, is that a podcast? Sure. I mean, I yeah. don't know. In the loop with Christian Bryant. It's on uh, mm-hmm. newsy.com. E-T. Oh, E.T. Okay. Um, Well, no, I'm glad he's sharing was my point, because I think it's important to tell those stories, because I think a lot of times, you know, it helps people like us who are just like, whatever happened to LeVar Burton doing Jeopardy? He would have been great. And I honestly, I'm not like I love Jeopardy. Used to play it with my friend Sonali on the phone. We'd call each other after school and we'd each play like we'd sit there with a pad of paper and like, I love that, you know, play (laughs) Jeopardy after school each day. Um but uh, so it, so I, I get it. I understand it. I love it. I just haven't been watching it for years. But like it just seemed like a no brainer. If LeVar Burton wants to do this job, sign him up. Yeah. Why like, would anybody seriously. right? Like not Yesterday. that anybody else couldn't do the job. But when you have mm-hmm. somebody at his caliber who's clearly already like in it to win it, like he's embedded in the ethos of the program as a fan well, himself. He- yeah, because he's been connected to it for so long because he's a super fan. Now, here's what I do want to say, because there is good news in all of this. And the good news is, is that, you know, um, in the in the in the trying out or the experience of doing Jeopardy for his turn, mm-hmm. um, other people took notice mm. of LeVar Burton as a host. And so good. he said the doors have been opened, windows have been opened, the phone hasn't stopped ringing. I would have never experienced the things that I'm experiencing um, had I gotten the job that at Jeopardy. So he sees that that other opportunities are going to become available to him for this. Yeah. Um, but also... Um, I, it just it like it just made me love LeVar Burton even more and appreciate the talent that he has even more um, to realize like he should have been a shoe in yeah. and Jeopardy was a bunch of jerk jerkity. Which is sad because I it. really think that after Alex Trebek passed away, Jeopardy really lost something by their own hand. Meaning, oh yeah, we lost we all lost Alex Trebek and an amazing host and a person in person, uh, really more importantly than host. But you know, th- they just made. I mean, which is so weird because a show that had such 
brand gratitude by its audience for decades, all of a sudden just looks like a jerk, mm-hmm. you know, following this and then to make it worse with, um, you know, with this particular move. So, yeah. okay, you're on notice, Jeopardy. But you're still watching. You still love it, right? Yeah. I mean, who's the, the strongest player the in your home? Uh, my husband. Oh, okay. He, yeah, he does. You can only try out once a year. He does it every year. Has he ever tried made it out. past the online test? That's what I mean. Well, that's what it's I'm the saying. Online test. Did he make? Yeah. Why isn't he on the show? Because he never pay, makes it past the online test. Oh, okay. Well, at least. But he's the best player in our house. All right. So he's like the Cliff Clavin of the Lindstrom home. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Although I yeah. would imagine you give him a run for your money, his money. Sometimes. Okay. I have a hard time doing it fast. That's the problem. That also, is the key. That's say, why I think I would fail because mm-hmm. I'm not quick enough on the uptake. That's like the, the problem. I don't have good recall. Yeah. But I will say this, and th- and he knows this, so I'm not speaking out of school. He's terrible at remembering to ask answer in the form of a question, mm. and I think he'd get nicked nope. for yeah, that a that. lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, all right, Bradley. Who's thanks your D-bag? for asking. My D bag today is Kim Kardashian for a little quote that goes something like this: "If you told me that's not Kim Kardashian, I don't know who that was. If you." Told- <laughs> If you t- I'm sorry, I have to get into character. If you told me that I literally had to eat poop every single day and I would look younger, I might. Okay. No, girl. This, just quickly, to let the audience know, are words that came out of an interview that Kim Kardashian did in the New York Times to help launch something called Skin by Kim. Her skincare line, the highlight... Of her interview to kick off a new product line is, if you told me I had to eat doo-doo, I might doo-doo it. <laughs> so you're saying, like, you want people to now buy what you're selling as a person who would eat doo-doo to look good. Meaning, your product might be actual doo-doo. We don't know. Like, do you see what I'm saying? It does not make oh, it. I... Why would you, why would you, like, break your ankle no, this why way? Why would you? Even, even like you don't even have to walk that down that block. You can stay on the corner over here where you think, "What? I don't want doo doo anywhere near Mimi." Why do I, I have to eat doo doo to have good skincare? Yeah. Didn't you just give exactly. me nine reasons and nine products to spend my money on? Why well, don't need to eat doo doo? I'm just gonna buy your products. <laughs> but now all I can think about is you eating doo doo. <laughs> Who do that, you think you are, Divine? She thank did it you. first. Thank you, Holly. I was wondering when the <laughs> the John Waters reference would come out. <sighs> Literally, it goes on to say, Kardashian was discussing skincare and her new line, Skin by Kim, when she announced that she would eat doo-doo. I mean, they didn't say that, but that's that's the tie-in with this. If you told me, I mean, what, 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 what? No! I can't. That is the worst way to sell your product, ma'am. But you know what? Here's the thing, and this is the evil genius. Okay, oh sure, now you're going to tell me like, well, we're talking about it. Yeah, but now every time I look at her products, I'm going to think, that woman would eat doo-doo. I know, but you you know what? I I walked all over your words. That's what I was going to say. It's like the evil genius of this is we're like, oh, I'm sure, because here's the, this is the journey I took. Okay. I wonder if Kris Jenner isn't like, Oh, honey, you shouldn't have talked about poop. And at the same, but I, but then my second thought was, no, she probably told her to talk about eating poop because she <laughs> knew that it's the thing that we would be talking about. And everybody's yeah, talking that about Colleen and Bradley will talk. But honestly, no, you don't think Chris Jenner would suggest she talk about eating no, actual doo doo. I don't doo-doo. think that she 
actually said it, but I'm sure her response is something like, you're doing great, honey. You know, like everybody's talking about this today. Everybody. You're doing great, great, sweetie. Yeah, you're doing great, sweetie. Okay. You're a I need to touch. I need to tell you something really quickly you, before you we go to her break. products? What? Oh, no, this has, I have to take a turn. Oh, can you go on this journey sure, with me? Of course. Do you remember earlier in the show? Okay, so full disclosure, pulling back the curtain. I am broadcasting from home right yeah. now. We have the COVID in the house. I do not have it. I'm fine. But I am at home. Yeah. Earlier in the show, I was having difficulties with my mute button on my on my microphone. Yeah. And, and a it was very it was clear loud all of roar us. happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In <laughs> addition to the cough, there was also a roar. And it sounded like a, okay. like a plane was like hovering right over your home. Guess what was happening? What? An airplane was hovering right over my what? my home. Now, Bradley, in a in a break, I said to you, I found out that it was a I think it's like an F eighteen. It was yeah. an F eighteen. Okay, taking off from Fighter an MSP. Jet. Okay, okay, and you were like, "Oh, that's weird. Why did they do that?" And I was like, "Oh, probably because of Top Gun." And I thought I was joking. I thought I was joking. Are Guess you what? telling me it was really for Top Gun? Stop. One hundred percent. How'd you find According that out? Because it's on Bring Me the News. Did you hear an incredibly loud roar in the sky around noon on Thursday? Yes, we heard it on the show because Colleen's mute button didn't work. Those were fighter jets taking off from Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport following a Top Gun event that was held on Wednesday evening. I have so many Where was the Top Gun event? And why wasn't I there? I mean, yeah, I the movie Top Gun. What do you think it is? Well, because the Top Gun like is actual like actual Miramar. That's the thing that Sorry. happens. Oh, <laughs> it is true. But it I don't know true. what any of that means. But my point is, do we know where this Top Gun event was? I'm now Googling the Top Gun event. The aircraft and pilots participated in the Top Gun Behind the Curtain event at MSP Airport Joint Air Reserve Station, followed by a viewing of Top Gun Maverick at Odyssey Theaters in oh, Burnsville. Oh, okay. You guys, well, thanks we were for, part of the look, story. We, we get... I am now going to make D-bags, and then we got to run. But I'm going to make a D-bag like the... the well, no, I'm not going to make D-bags. Here's what I'm going to suggest. That next time there's something like that, let us know. Because we'll cover it. Heads up. We'll Thank talk you. about it. We have a resident Top Gun fan. I mean, Colleen has been practicing uh, her cockpit maneuvers for years. True. I don't it's even true. know what that means, but it's A lot of good. good has come out of the... Thank you, Holly Roberts, and welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show. We're on the My Talks, and uh, hey, it's our 10th anniversary year here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. We like to call it our Tin Jubbly. It's our Tin Jubbly. I don't know where the, like, <laughs> is. So I can I'm... go into the kitchen. Hold on a second. Oh, hey, could you okay. grab me a snack, too, while you're in there? Yeah, please. Not only is it our Tin Jubbly, Colleen, it's also mm-hmm. the Queen herself's Platinum Jubilee. And in a, in a shocking turn of events, you actually have brought us the update for today's Platinum Jubilee celebrations. You are welcome. Thank you. And now, in all the latest, live from London, it's Colleen Lindstrom trooping the canoe. I'm I think calling from the loo, um, because that's the only British word I know. Um, okay, so here's the thing. As you well know, uh, we are this it's begun like we are at the beginning of 
the celebration, the yeah. Platinum Jubilee celebration. And for Queen Elizabeth, as you pointed years out, on the throne. Bradley, you actually brought us last week kind of like a really comprehensive schedule of events with three things you were very excited about. Those things are happening over the weekend. Yeah. Um, but the Trooping of the Colors, which, again, it's like a parade, I think. Right? Isn't that what that is? Trooping the Color <laughs> happens every year on the Queen's, well, uh, in honor of the Queen's birthday, where they got a bunch of horses. And by the way, you forget this until you've watched this happen. Like, there's all these, like, horses and like militaries and flyovers and th- that's where I thought maybe one of the FM 18s comes from <laughs> that you were talking about in the last segment. Yeah. F- no, that was all F-18s? for Top Gun. That was for F-18. Top Gun. But they had like the flyovers and they did some really cool stuff, but all the horses, there was uh-huh. horse stuff, road apples. I think we used to mm-hmm. call them horse mm-hmm. apples uh, all over the place. Like th- there was a lot of horse. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yes, there's I'm a lot so of a lot of horsing around over there, and then there was you the just opportunity took me into a different space I'm that sorry. I wasn't intending to go. No, 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 it's a good thing because suddenly I have this whole idea that we should have horse diapers. And also, <laughs> does anybody ever think about the fact that horses can't control their bowels? I mean, that's... they don't seem to care. They obviously because yeah. they just drop it like yeah. it's hot. <laughs> well, they're just no. They literally around. do. I and in fact, when I was watching Troop, the Trooping of the Color again, this is just a military parade. One of the first. This is like the first big thing, and the reason is everybody showed up to see the members of the royal family on the royal balcony, or as Holly called it, the patio. The patio. <laughs> I just want them to have drinks with umbrellas in them. Yeah. yeah. And then stand outside and just be like, ah! They were just standing on the balcony at Buckingham Palace to yeah. watch the Royal Air Force do the flyover thing. Uh, and anyway, but uh, with the horse stuff, there was just, oh, I thought as I saw the horses come out, like, you'd think they'd just let them, you know, go out to the bathroom before they took them out for a ride. That's not how horses work. So I, Apparently. Horses I don't just know. do their I guess thing I never... whenever. They certainly do. It keeps somebody employed, right? Like there's a guy that probably, or a lady that shuffles behind and. The royal yeah. manure handler. Yeah, yeah I think like it's actually car- called it's the like royal. The it's a, it's literally a royal duty. <laughs> I'm on the royal duty duty. Okay. So now that we've uh, gotten through the royal horses, um, I do want to talk about some actual mm, former royals. Yeah. And that's Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. So you had mentioned earlier that they were not on the patio or the balcony. <laughs> they were not on the lanai. They were not because they're not active. What, what's the They're not working word? royals. They're not basically. working royals. They're not part of the firm but that, anymore. But that they were allowed to, apparently, and I think this must have been part of the arrangement, be in a window <laughs> facing <laughs> facing the horse duties yeah no it wasn't it wasn't like they were like you have to sit over here by the window (laughs) but they were so they're all at buckingham palace right because like the families all get together harry and megan came over they just made a very specific decision and i think it had more to do well it had more than just harry and megan to do with the fact that they also didn't want someone else on the stage his name is andrew his name is andrew which by the way he 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 has the covid which is the excuse that we were told why he is not anywhere. It's not that's oh. not why he was not on the balcony. He was never going to be on the balcony, but right, you won't he's see not a working royal. You won't see him anywhere. But anyway, that's why Harry and Meghan weren't on the balcony. But of course they're there. So they're just right. out of sight. Um and you could see them through the window. They were kind of talking to the kids and they seemed to be all smiles and they looked great and they're going to show up I think tomorrow or 
it's either, I think it's tomorrow. There's like a, uh, a church service of Thanksgiving at, um, St. Paul's or some, something. It, it wasn't on your list, but yeah, it's happening. No, Cause I don't, I mean, it's, you're not excited about it, but no. it's on, it's, it's on the no, schedule. No, but they're there and they're like a yeah. part of the fun. They weren't like kept out. They just weren't allowed to go onto the balcony or as Holly well, calls I just, the patio. The patio. The, this is what I really quickly wanted to say about Harry and Meghan, because you said they're out of sight, but you know what? They're definitely not out of mind. Oh, for because sure. Because I, you know, they have got a level of celebrity that has sort of in some ways eclipsed mm-hmm. Um, or not eclipsed, but it ha- is it, it enhanced because they they're more than power. just royal now. They have their own star power. And so there are a ton of headlines coming out about how this is creating all kinds of tension in the palace. And I just want us to be really cautious about that. Oh, yeah. Um, well, but also, yeah. just recognize that's all I have to say about Just that, recognize that's all you've got to say about it because you're about to get cut off if you don't. Uh, exactly. But no, thank you for catching us up with the Jubbly updates. And when we come back, Colleen has a question for you. Okay, my 12-year-old does not like the way Wednesday is spelled. What do you hate the spelling of? Give us a call, 651-641-1071.